0: What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu Jitsu Junction Podcast. My name is Andre and today I'm here with my buddy Henry. Uh, Henry is a brown belt at the school that I train at and he's been doing it for about 15 years, I believe since he was a teenager. And he has some perspectives that I find to be very valuable when I talk to him uh, about grappling. And I'm excited to share some of these things with you guys. And the three general topics that I wanna cover today with him are how jujitsu has changed over that period of time, because he's been at one school the whole time and he's seen it kind of happen in real time, right? And how training as a teenager differs from training as an adult, as well as how to familiarize yourself with leg entanglements if you're a complete beginner to those positions. So let's uh let's start with how jiu-jitsu has changed over that <laughs> period of time. I know it's changed a lot. I wasn't there for all of it, but
1: um man, it's been a wild ride because its it's almost unrecognizable from what it is now. Um, back back when I first started uh, hardly even and I say that like it was a long time ago, but this thing's evolved so fast. It's it's I mean it really is almost unrecognizable. We didn't do EBI rules. I know some of the tournaments sound down south where no time limits submission only. You don't really see that anymore. Uh ADCC, well ADCC is still kind of the big the big dog on the block. And it it's been that way for a long time and I don't think it's going anywhere. As far the biggest change for me is uh, one, a lot of people don't know how to wrestle anymore or if they do they're jitsu is a scary thing to try to wrestle cuz you're sticking your head and you're sticking your head in the hole if you ain't careful uh guard passing is totally different uh guards don't look anything like they used to and leg locks man they're uh they're they're a real I and mean, if you used to be you could get away with not training leg locks until you were purple even a brown belt that don't fly anymore yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that myself. I'm
0: uh, I'm like uh, I'm like in the middle of blue belt, late blue belt, and I'm starting to feel like the pressure from the people who are starting out doing leg locks. And I'm I kind of I like the first place I went to to uh, learn jujitsu was very much traditional. We didn't do leg locks, like, and we did maybe one straight ankle, and, and it was it was very simplistic. Well,
1: funny cause it's funny because they incorporated in the rule set because. Um when I first started training, it was actually legal to do a lot of terms. It was legal to do crooked footlocks in a gi.
0: No, that's very different.
1: Nobody, just nobody, did them. Uh, you'd see. I mean, straight ankles kind of always been there. Um, you'd see a knee bar. Um, ADCC, you saw it was much more prevalent. Uh, Dean Lister, namely, and really put, and Dean kind of had the same. Same country boy idea I I had was, you know, you I can attack from here up according to your rule set, but what do I do from here down? Yeah. Or what do I do if somebody grabs me from here down? Yeah. And um, then the Danahers came along. I really think the guy that bridged the gap between Dean and and I know they don't they're probably not related, but you saw Dean doing a lot of leg locks, a lot of leg locks. Got involved in MMA. It kind of went away for a little bit. And then got older and his success rate started going down. He's still a killer. But the guy that was kind of filling that guy was a guy many people know now from the USA, a guy named Ryan Hall yep. with his 50-50 system. Um, then the Danaher guys really started coming on the scene after that. And the biggest change is, as far as just the co- competition, is you probably see 10 times the leg locks you used to. Uh, gee Gi, gees for me now, gee's become a point game. You see, you see a lot less submissions in the gee than what you used to. That's a lot of uh what I what I call stall tactics, and I, I don't blame them. I mean, the guy is multi time world champions that win every year on points.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're <laughs> I mean, they are winning yeah. in the rule set as it is given, right? So,
1: um, where that differentiates for me is uh, my coach. I remember he told that the first days that like, you should train at least some of the time as if not necessarily hitting somebody, but as if you're throwing punches. Yeah, and you can't like you can't get a takedown, win an advantage or something, and just sit there. There's one that's bad form on the guy on bottom. He's throwing punches. He he don't have to submit you. He can beat you to death. And two, throwing punches, you're gonna move. Yeah. So the stall tactics really don't. I know people are going to throw out the UFC, but look what's happening when they're not moving. Somebody is receiving damage from the other person. Yeah. Which you don't get in jujitsu. I cannot. I cannot side control you to death.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some, sometimes it feels pretty close though. <laughs> I mean, le-
1: unless I have some kind of a choke, a submission, I cannot. I don't have enough weight to put on you to side control you to death. But I can punch you in the face until you quit breathing.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for in for the sure. most morbid yeah. terms I can say. Yeah. Uh wrestling is um there used to be some guys that could and there are still wrestlers and jitsu don't get me wrong. But like your Justin Raiders, you know you don't really hear from Justin anymore. Marcelo Garcia was actually a surprisingly good takedown guy. He too, if you look at a lot of his matches, and that's the person I tried to model myself after. Marcelo took a lot of people down. And usually it was arm drag. To a single leg. And uh, the other thing I took from Marcelo that I still think holds true today, we get this kind of image of jiu-jitsu of how he wanted to be versus how it actually is. How he wanted to be is you stay on your back, you twist the guy up, which when you can make it happen is awesome. Looks good on camera, you feel good, because man, he was in an advantageous position because he is on top, he's got gravity, and I still beat him. The reality is, two people of equal skill, equal size, equal weight, whoever's on top is winning. Uh, you can be, you can have the most wicked guard in the world. It's still harder to play guard than it is to pass it. For the simple fact, just through gravity, and I've done this. Anybody's rolled, done this. You have fallen sometimes, and passed somebody's guard. <laughs> <laughs> that's <is> definitely true. <laughs> I mean, uh. Guard passing, and with that being said, guard passing is a totally different thing. Uh, body lock passes were around. Nobody, unless you were in the geeks, that's where the Danaher guys kind of got the idea from. They stole it from the Toriando Pass, which has been around for eons. Everybody knows it. You can't do that without a geon, really. It looks very much different unless you do this. Yeah. And then it's just it's a really low toronto. Um Body light passing has changed the game because it you can't just rely on butterfly guards. There, are people really good at shutting that stuff down. Tenth Planet guys, their system works a little bit against it, but it's a it's a it, it's once you get good at it, it, it's a very difficult game to stop. Because back uh, back when I first started, everybody was staying in guard pass. And when's the last time you re- you really saw that? Uh Marcelo did it a lot. Uh Bicecha, Adolfo Vieira, most definitely. He was the king of the Torreando and the standing guard pass, really. One of the best guard passers to ever live, if not the best. Um Zanje, Um I just forgot the name of his brother. Uh <laughs> anyway, Solo, Solo Habero. Um Ryan Hall a little bit, but Ryan Hall is more of a bottom game guy. Um but yeah, now the guard passing is a lot of body lock, heavy pressure, a little bit of float, but it is it's floating with pressure if that makes sense. So they're they're never just kind of floating around. They're usually like on top of you. Yeah. And whatever way you go is whatever way they're whatever way you want to go, they're just gonna roll off the backside. We see that Gordon Ryan has got the best one ever. Because yeah. if you really pay attention to his guard pass, and he uses really the same two to three moves, um, which is true of everybody really, but he makes them work. And then we circle back to the leg lock game. And this is, this is why other than the, the slight cultural shift, because leg locks used to be taboo. I mean, you would uh, if you want to see an example of that, I forget which ADCC it was, Marcelo Garcia versus Rico Rodriguez. Marcelo submits Rico with the inside heel hook in the absolute division of the biggest jujitsu tournament in the world. Gets bottles and trash thrown at him. <laughs> <laughs> they, they cut that. They easy on the highlights. They stop right there. If you look, you see a bottle flying <laughs> that's out. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, we have to watch that <laughs> yeah, um, now. I mean, you get a standing ovation. Yeah, because it's and I love that because now it's that's the one thing I wish we had more of back then. Was it's about submissions, not points. And now, like, if people see a submission, it's a standing ovation. And you start to see more booze of his points or even advantages. and You starting to see more of that. But, um, leg locks, I mean, shit, I mean, now if you don't know leg locks, you ain't gonna make it. If you're trying to compete, if you're in a gym, I mean, leg locks, they get a stigma they hurt people. Um, if people cranked on arm locks the way they do leg locks, we'd have a lot more broken arms. Yeah, yeah. Because people, uh, there's still an egoism about them, like, ah, I'm not going to tap to a leg lock. Leg lock. Ah, I'm not. Like, uh, all right, if you don't tap, just the mechanics of the move, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. You see a lot of that. You see a lot of people not knowing when they're caught, and on top of that, people not knowing how to apply them. Yeah. And those two <laughs> together makes for a bad day. With that being said, you, you can train leg locks safely. I mean, I've done it for years. Um, it's got to know you're rolling with. And a lot of times you're going to have to accept the fact that the person you're rolling with is not going to know he's caught. And you're going to have to let it go, and they might beat you after that. Yep. But yep. you're just going to have to be comfortable in the fact knowing that I had him. Hmm. He doesn't know it, yep. but I had him. Yeah, Yeah, that's
0: a really hard shift for people to make. Like Just, just sure. like being okay with knowing that it was happening internally. Like, mm-hmm. like I won. He doesn't know.
1: <laughs> but he does And he's going to go tell everybody you beat you. Yep. Um, especially if you're a higher belt. Uh, the the negative aspects of leg locks, other than the injuries, but injuries if you just – most people say they roll without ego. One in ten actually do. <laughs> sounds um, about right. If you roll leg locks and you treat them like any other submission – you will never get hurt. Accidents happen. Accidents happen with all submissions. Yeah, one of the worst injuries I ever saw in the gym was a uh, was literally somebody falling on somebody, and that wasn't even a submission. <laughs> 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 I mean, so yeah. And then, I mean, in the nature of the sport, if you don't want to get injured, grappling is probably not for you. Yeah, <laughs> stick with weights, running. I mean, something that's not twisting joints in funky positions put a lot of pressure
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it it really does feel like if you're if you're approaching leg locks with the same kind of care you would when you're applying submissions to somebody's shoulder yep like i feel like shoulders and twisted leg locks are almost the same kind it's the of same, it's the
1: same energy you're twisted your yeah. your you know arm lock is here yeah. so you're you're doing that Whereas, you know, if you're here on a shoulder, you're twisting. It's the same thing with a, with a foot. Like, if that's my foot, you're trying to turn it that way or that way with a heel hook. Um, and just the way you apply them. Like, when I do, like, if somebody comes with, hey, I want to learn leg locks, we'll roll. We'll roll. And a lot of, I call it stabilizing. Because if you're truly going to finish something, you have to stabilize it first. And we've all seen this with... um. Vinny Magalash and uh, Fabrizio Verdum and ADCC. Uh, Fabrizio, uh, they're both insane grapplers, but Fabrizio had him caught dead to rights. The arm was hyperextended. Um, Vinny just squirming made that arm lock really hard. Hmm. Had, sp- had, had Fabrizio gone maybe, I'm not Monday night quarterbacking, but in an ideal situation, had he gone underhook on his leg, kept him squirming, Vinny had been in a cast. Same thing with legs. Like when I usually when I apply if I'm rolling with somebody I like like a uh, Chase, you, anybody at the gym, if if somebody doesn't know any better, that's it. You know, I'm not gonna connect my hands, I've got his heel, maybe show it to him one time, no he got it. Or if he doesn't know, just let him go. Yeah. If I'm trying to finish, you know, I come here and I'm squeezing and so I'm pulling the lock in close, I've got my legs squeezing together and I'm stabilizing the whole lower half of their leg. If I can, I'd like to stabilize the whole leg. And then just kind of creep, 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 creep. No, you got it. No, you got it. And if I got to let go, I got to let go. Yeah. And um, same thing with, it's kind of like with a higher belt rolls with a beginner. Of course they'd hurt them. That's not a, it's not usually a question. I mean, but you don't. You yeah. control yourself. No.
0: <laughs> it almost, it almost feels like there's, you know, the the belt system that applies to jiu-jitsu as a whole. And then there's a whole separate belt system, like that should be applied to leg locks because of how much of a disparity there is.
1: Uh, leg- it, it really is. It's, I mean, that's why in the early days, like the good leg the good leg lockers from even five years ago, are man well, five years look kind of short. Maybe six, seven, eight years ago, are mediocre at best now. Except for except for Ryan Hall, just from the sheer amount of leg locks he has applied and pulled off on really really good people, but I mean you look at the heel hook that Marcelo submitted Rico Rodriguez, and the other thing that makes that impressive is Rico was three hundred pounds at the time, not a good three hundred, but still a three hundred pound black belt. Yeah, and Marcelo I think was one hundred and fifty four, and Marcelo didn't even have his legs connected. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, now, I mean, these people that have been rolling leg locks for 10, 15 years. They're going to laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas, like, you look at Gordon Ryan and, you know, Eddie Cummins, Gordon Ryan, uh, Gary Tonin, Kenan, um Craig Jones is another good one. They're stabilizing the whole lower half of your body. You can't move. You're just picking when you want to tap yeah I mean that's I mean the,
0: <laughs> like like the that like 11 second heel hook that Gordon got on somebody yeah. right he, he the person like immediately knew he was screwed because he couldn't i you, sneaky rod you just you just look look at look at his eyes he's just like, oh oh, I can't move okay, I need a tap right now
1: A good example of how slick they've gotten um is a little known match because it lasts about 12 seconds is uh Craig Jones versus a guy named Tex Johnson.
0: Oh, I know about this one, yeah.
1: Um, and this is where people, most people mess up, for you, the listeners, mess up when they learn leg locks. You don't know how to pass guard already. So you're using leg locks to get around passing guard. You need to know how to pass guard. And then if you have trouble passing guard, you mix the leg locks in, and if you can't get the leg lock, 90% of the time you past their guard because they're worried about the leg lock. Yeah. So take that however you want, but that's just the simple truth. And that, and that, in our gym—that's why our coach said no leg locks because people—one, people are getting hurt because egos. Two, nobody know how to pass guard because <laughs> <Is that, yeah. laughs> yeah. they're like, "Why well, don't you pass the guard? When I just finish here. <laughs> See, look at that." <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's kind of funny with with the prevalence of the two there's, you talked about two major changes. One is people becoming more, they, they don't wrestle, right? And that used to just be standard, right? If you did, did jujitsu, you, you did some judo or some wrestling. Like that was just what it was over a decade ago. Like yep. everybody knew a little bit about how to stand up. And now we're mixing in advanced leg locks. And mm-hmm. that's like the antithesis of actually working on the wrestling stuff. So it's like it's it feels like it's like branching out like how much is in the grappling game so people are feeling forced to specialize.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some of that. Like, uh, and I say can't wrestle. I think it's more of choosing not to wrestle. Because you, if you take a shot and you put yourself in a bad spot, you're way behind. But like Gordon, Gordon oftentimes will sit down.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um.
1: Probably the reason is is nobody can pass his guard. Don't blame the guy a bit. Two, and this is the reason I became a quote-unquote leg locker in the gym. If you roll with a lot of people and, you, and they know you have a good guard, they're going to spend a lot of time standing up. Like if you triangle them, you arm lock them, whatever. Standing up and pulling their upper extremities away from you. And what are they leaving near you? <laughs> <their> legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so that that for me that is when the leg locks truly start because i very rarely do a leg lock from top side um mo- i mean probably 75 percent come from the bottom yeah because you know if you pull back really hard yep i'm out but both my feet are still here and you're really far away Yep. A- i mean at its most basic level yeah um the wrestling uh Plain and simple, the reason that's not probably where it should be is because they're not getting hit.
0: That makes sense. If you
1: get put in full guard and you get your face put through the floor, I promise you'll learn how to wrestle.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, re- I remember. I remember one time uh, our coach had uh, had one of our smaller amateur MMA fighters put on gloves and mm-hmm. and uh, and coach was just like, uh, just just make it realistic for him yep man that made me want to sweep so much faster like it made me not want to be on my back and it made me realize how much i need to know how to wrestle <laughs> well
1: I man, and and not to get too off subject but they used to say like every 10 pounds is a belt yeah every punch is a belt down so oh, a brown a brown belt I mean, i mean i'm talking about v is cracked i mean a black belt v is cracked man it's probably about a brown belt now it gets cracked again. It's hey, probably about a purple belt, man. And uh we see if you've already seen this in the UFC, Adolfo Vieira got choked out. Yeah. Because he got cracked and he got tired, dude got on his back and just finished him.
0: Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I've, ne- I've never <laughs> I've never heard that one. The yeah. the getting getting hit in the face bring you down a belt level, that makes a
1: lot of sense. It will make you do something that you normally wouldn't do if you weren't getting hit. Yeah. Um Forrest Griffin choked out Shogun Hua. I mean, Shogun's a legitimate black belt. He's a legend. And this is when Shogun was still Shogun, not the one we all remember that fought John Jones. It was way before that. Got tired. Got hit a bunch. Forrest got on his back, spread him out, choked him out.
0: Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's why we see jujitsu guys like man, Matt, in, in, Matt in,
1: Hughes yeah. beat all. Ho- Although Hoist was a little aged at the time. Yeah. Matt Hughes beat Hoist Gracie grappling. The difference is Matt Hughes was not grappling; he was grappling with punches. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I yeah, mean, that's it's uh, you know, be that way more modern times. Habib choked out Dustin Poirier. Islam Makhachev choked out Charles Oliveira.
2: Hmm.
0: It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it puts it puts things into perspective when you think about what what adding a couple of punches does. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Any damage at all? Um, the evolution is um. There are so many people doing jujitsu now. It's going to be nothing but positive. You're always going to have the the bad people, the bad guys. The more people you have involved in something, the more. Positive evolution is going to occur. With that massive amount of people, you're also going to have some negatives. It's as simple as that. When jiu-jitsu first came to America in the 90s, you know, I was a little kid, didn't even know what it was. this is a shot in the dark. 1996, just spitting a year out there, there was probably 10 black belts in the USA. Probably 20 in the world. And I'm willing to bet all but a handful had Gracie as her last name. How many black belts do we have now? A lot. Tens of thousands. Yeah. Probably not hundreds of thousands, but I guarantee it's in the tens of thousands. I mean, hell, you got a black belt in almost every little town now. Yeah. Um, There's going to be evolution. Like a, a guard we all play – De La Riva, that's a guy's name, Ricardo De La Hiva. Yeah. Or Hicardo, if you're Portuguese. <laughs> um that came from somebody that could not play traditional guards. He was really flexible. He had dexterous feet, and he he was a smaller guy. Yep. Half guard came out of necessity. Uh, I believe it was Hicks and broke his leg, so he only played guard on one side. Before that, half guard really didn't exist. Uh Marcelo Garcia, X guard. It was a thing. I mean, it was in fact around, not near to the extent it is now. The Danaher Death Squad and Dean Lester, Leg locks. Camorra Trap series. That came from, you know, Worm Guard came Ken, uh, Cornelius. Coyote Tierra, Brata Plata, and the uh, Tierra Ankle Lock. Probably mispronouncing his last name. You had to forgive me. Mm-hmm the Torriando passes from uh Ricardo del heva and uh, not Ricardo del heva uh, Adolfo Vieira so without the without more people opening up none of that happens yeah
0: yeah well you have you have tens of thousands of people like putting hundreds or thousands of hours of work into finding advantages within a rule set mm-hmm. you're gonna have some pretty cool innovations
1: oh yeah it uh, and um it's almost good, some of was bad. I mean, I forgot to mention probably the biggest one, Eddie Bravo.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Dude's really flexible, has really long legs. He had to make it work. Jean Jacques Machado, he's got I can't remember which hand it is, but he's only got that much of a hand. On one. <laughs> I can't remember which side it is. So know. his game involves heavily heavy uses of overhooks, which you don't see, and underhooks because you can't actually grip. He's got one gripping side and one that he can only grip like that. Dude, 180cc. <laughs> I mean, uh, so it can be done. And you got different body types play a different role, too. Um, Marcelo, short, stocky, so a lot of elevator type guards, sweeps, a lot of chokes, arm locks. I and mean, if you look at Marcelo, if you broke down, you probably, I think you can still do it. I can't remember what that one website is where it breaks, all, breaks down all their submissions. If you break down all the submission victories he had, probably 75% are chokes, you know, 10% are arm locks, and then however much left is what, just other random gi chokes and the one or two foot locks. And you can do that with any jiu-jitsu guy. Look at Gordon Ryan, rear naked, or that that uh, across the face rear naked he does, yep. inside heel hook, probably fifty percent of his wins. Yeah, if it's and if it's not in overtime.
0: Yeah, that
1: makes um, sense. That's that's one thing I don't. I like the EBI rules, uh, but that the overtimes you are seeing. It's, it's hard to blanket term anything. You're seeing some people that are getting good at not losing in the regulation and knowing how to win in overtime.
0: <laughs> like like Nicky Rod.
1: What's an example of an athletic wrestler. <laughs> dude, the dude is a motherfucker because he is really strong, he's really explosive, and he trains with the best in the world. Yeah. Got to learn how to wrestle. imagine now imagine if nicky ross throwing punches oh my god that's that's terrifying yeah so that 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 would definitely his lose ratio would be a lot lower
0: yeah for sure
1: because i mean the dude spends all the time on top um yeah i mean it's getting better it's uh i will say one trait that is better now than even when i first started it was way worse before i got in before I got in, you could not ask a black belt to roll.
0: Oh yeah, the <laughs> the, the like the that kind of cultural norms. Yeah, I yeah.
1: I mean, um, they were just assholes. Yeah, and there's no reason to be that way because in it, it, jujitsu is nowhere near as refined as wrestling. I'm sorry, I love jujitsu. I like wrestling if you want a assist them to take a four-year-old to make him a, a gold medalist, you cannot beat your wrestling. Yeah. It, and you can go into almost any college gym and they'll wrestle with you. Yeah. Anybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not going to like it, but <laughs> they'll do it. And they and they and generally, they ain't going to hurt you. Yeah. Even though they could. Oh, there's no submissions to wrestling. No, but they can see you on your head. Yeah. Um... A little bit when I first got in. If you ask a black belt to roll, generally they're trying to fight you. Yeah. Um I don't and I understand there's an aspect of how you ask, but if me and you are the only ones out and you're a black belt, I shouldn't be scared to ask you to roll. If you've got that much of ego, that's a you problem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, there like like there there are gyms that are still like that. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm very aware. I'm not like that. I, I roll with every student that I teach. Uh, I guarantee you, I roll with them. Now, barring injuries, I get that. I mean, or if you've just been training all, i training all day. Whoops. there we go. If you've been training all day, you know you can't. I mean, you can't do that to your body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um.
0: Are there any other, like, uh, cultural norms, things that are in that vein that used to exist that don't exist anymore? Or exist
1: less? Express, existing less, like a lot of places had a lineage wall yeah. that you had to turn away from if you're tying your belt. That's really not. I mean, I, I know some places still do, but you don't see that much anymore. Uh,. I do like that a lot of places are still divvying up training classes with by experience level, because you have to be really careful letting black belts roll with white belts and vice versa. Because you'll get a white belt that saw the UFC one time and he's trying, I'm gonna tap me a black belt. Recipe for disaster. Um, and sometimes you get the ego driven black belt rolling with somebody that's doesn't have a chance. Yeah. And he's just going to smash them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, black belt with a bad day.
1: <laughs> it yeah. Just... I mean, and it's just not a good thing. I mean, it's really not. That's why I like the old, like the old model, or the only model I really knew was, like, your blues and your purple belts taught the beginner's class and the black belt taught the advanced class. I like, and it was like a special treat for the black belt to teach the beginners, and, they, and and it kept them coming. Yeah, like I remember that when I first started. Like, man, yeah, he's teaching tonight. That's fucking cool. Yeah, you know, and it's like, man, it's a black belt. It's gonna learn some black belt shit. We're gonna learn some <laughs> cool shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're, some like, a, they're like, they a Jedi master. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, it, it had that, and, and for a business model, I mean, that's great because you keep them, You just keep them. You yeah. keep, just that, <laughs> dip that little toe in the water one time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I do like that because uh, your purple your your purples and blues I mean they'll still give a white belt anything they want they tend not to have the ego, um which is should be on the head coach to kind of filter some of that out
0: what what do you there's there's something that used to happen at my old gym um <clears throat> did you ever go to uh, any schools where they would like purposefully pair off individuals like the coach would just be like you you you
1: yeah um I've done it before Yeah. Depending on how you do it, it's got a purpose. Uh, like, I did it because, well, those two over there roll for the last four rounds, and it's messing up the rotation. That's why I, I know you, you were there when I used to say this. I was like, if it's an even number and we got enough time to do that many rounds, uh, hey, everybody make sure you roll with everybody else at least once, and it'll keep the rotation. Uh, one of the gyms I trained at, to clarify, I've trained it with the same coach my whole career. I've never – I've never stayed at the same gym, the same location. Um, but one of the gyms I trained at, one of the coaches, that's what he would do. He's like, "You roll with you, you roll with you, and you roll with you." I didn't mind it because uh, what it did was, you one, you couldn't hide. <laughs> that's true. And you could not be hidden from. Yep. So you got. We've all had those shit days where you're tired. You're saying, I'm just gonna roll with the three easiest people I can get, whether you want to admit it or not. The thought has crossed your mind, yeah, if you've trained any length of time at anything, don't matter what it is yeah, <laughs> um, for sure that stops that uh now, if they're sicking people on you once i've I've experienced rolling with other gyms um it can get a little annoying, yeah personally, you should let the asshole be an asshole before you check him, yeah. And if he's actually a really cool guy, then you should roll with him. If he knows a lot, just try to learn something. And you can – I will say that's a thats a—that's a norm that has changed a little bit, like the new guy don't know shit type norm. Yeah, he might not know anything about jiu-jitsu. He might wrestle for 14 years. <laughs> that's true. Like we're, or, we're having
0: a lot of wrestlers walk into jiu-jitsu because they're looking for a – a new place to compete
1: yeah go ahead start on the feet with you might be a black belt on the ground you ain't a black belt wrestling yeah white belt on the ground <laughs> so um, or uh a lot of judokas yeah. you can learn a lot from them <laughs> um and even the, the occasional sambo guy you get coming through you know you can learn a lot from them too
0: yeah i don't know i don't have any experience with sambo guys
1: they can wrestle. They can do a little bit of judo, and their transitions are ridiculously hard and fast.
2: Because
1: hmm. it's 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 a cool thing. I mean, I don't. A lot of people saying leg locks came from sambo. They really did, and they were always in jiu-jitsu. We just, for some reason, chose not to use them. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys that did were stigmatized <laughs> for the longest time.
0: Yeah, they were they were they were the villains. And they were they were winning. (laughs) I mean, if I
1: if I I'll never be able to do this. If I ever get to put on a grappling tournament, there's gonna be there's always gonna be an absolute division because it's my favorite division. I would like to do an absolute gi and no gi, and all the other weight classes, the way they do it, experience level, all that stuff. Unless it's a kid under twelve, or if you if you two have a gentleman's agreement before the match that you shake hands on. You can't slam, you can't fish hook, you can't throw punches. Gear no gear, no holds barred. <laughs> I well, mean, and it, I will not be competing in this tournament. No. Well, I mean, it'd be, it'd be the pure, it'd be the purest form of
0: grappling. Yeah, that is the purest form of grappling,
1: though. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if you want to neck crank, everybody, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, if you want, I mean,
0: you have to look people in the <laughs> eyes afterwards, though. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, there's some of that, but a, a tournament – I mean, a tournament setting, competing is a different I – mean, like, I wouldn't ever do that to somebody rolling. Yeah. Um, tournament's different. Just like – I guess I was imagining it <laughs> as, like, an
0: in-house smoker, but that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking
1: about, talking a about a Like, if I'm talking about, if like I was really? God for a day in jiu-jitsu and I had the ability to put on a massive tournament to everybody, I mean, the, the rule sheet would be about that big. <laughs> More of it would be like weight classes and when to show up than the actual <laughs> rules. <laughs> and you and you would say you would find and honestly you would find out who the best grapplers are. Not not the guys that play the points game, not the guys that know how to stall out, not the you know, not the guys that wait till overtime. All right, man. It's you and you until one of you taps.
0: That would be interesting.
1: And if it takes all night, it takes all night. <laughs> You'd you'd find you would quickly find out who the best in the world
0: is. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. It probably won't ever happen.
1: But Never will. A, they did try to before, and it takes. I mean, you'll have those just two and a half hour. I mean, like, please snooze, snooze stop. Fast. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them just go at it, and then they're they're so gassed, they're just laying on each other. Like, Man, please stop! Somebody's about to have a heart attack.
0: It's like the bo- <laughs> it's like the boxer hugs. Where you're just like, I can't take any more pounding. <laughs>
1: I saw one. It was, oh my God, it was horrible. So I was a, I was a, I was sixteen. I was competing down in Greensboro. And These two old guys. These, I think, what do they call it when they're fifty and up? I think it's executives. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think that's. Dude, I'd have given both of them a gold medal because there was not a drop of quit on that mat, <laughs> and uh, it was an hour and forty-five minutes, man. And they were standing back up and they're clubbing their heads and they're shooting. And then they're on the ground. They had a little bit of guard. I mean, they're, they're old and they, you know, they probably got, probably got no joints left, but <laughs> the guard they had was actually pretty cool. This guy's passing. And, I, and it, they did that for an hour. <laughs> and it was, and I was like, dude, this is actually the best match of the whole day. And, um, finally like the hour 45 mark i mean they're literally they got their hands on their their knees and just looking at each other about five feet apart and then they come together one of them takes the other one down and the ref's like this enough (laughs) (laughs) i i I can't remember what they did but I was like somebody that's i remember the ref saying that somebody's gonna have a heart attack (laughs) but dude let it be known whoever those two guys are hats off to you And nobody could say that you don't have grit, because yeah. <laughs> they went at it way harder and for way longer than most people would, have. <laughs> yeah. God,
0: including including the professionals, right? God.
1: <laughs> there was one. There's actually a. Uh, it's an old YouTube video. They did a jujitsu, a BJJ kumite. I think it was Keenan. Was Keenan somebody? It might have been Keenan and Gary Tolan? Or it, who was it? They went. They went for like a two hours. I mean, just a and funny thing too. Everybody, including leg locks, still your base submissions and your base transitions will win win the match. Yeah, because after that, and Ken's got one of the no, he's kind of fell off in the past few years. He's still got one of the wickedest guards that's ever been around. Kenny won with an arm lock from out. <laughs> 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 if I remember correctly, and yeah. yeah, I was like. uh, there you go. There was no, there was no worm guard at the end. There was no in, re, inverted, upside down, backwards, whatever you want to call it, guard. <laughs> he got mount, switched to ass mount, and hit arm lock. <laughs> Day one jujitsu. <laughs> I mean, there's a re-
0: there's a reason why that's there first. You know, look at look at Hydra Gracie.
1: Yeah, argued to be the best in the gi that's ever lived. Had three submissions. <laughs> and i mean it, it, it the shit works the basic stuff works i love the cool stuff i love you know baron bolo's and you know all the spinning it's at, but when push comes to shove you know you can rely on the basics yeah you don't see anybody baron bolo in the ufc for a reason <laughs> And you also don't see it at an hour 45 of a match for a reason.
0: <laughs> what would, would those two old guys have tried?
1: Oh, one of them would have broke. It sounded sound like a two-by-four snapping. I mean, they, would, they, would they have tried? A, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, like, uh, their flexibility with, flexibility and mobility are not the words I would use to describe them, especially at that point. <laughs>
0: well, they're nice and warm, right?
1: Oh I mean, yeah! If I steam up this table, we still can't fold it. <laughs> it's stiff. It's still stiff.
0: Oh God! I wish I wish that there was like a video of that so I could I could. I wish. It. I
1: mean, I had a flip phone at the time. My dad had to drive me out of that term. That's. A, I think I was on my learner's permit. We drove. I mean, I drove. I, well, I say he had to drive me. I drove. He just had to be in the car, so he was sleeping. So I drove. He drove like, t- and this place. I mean, it was in a ghetto and then it wasn't a ghetto. Like, we were, I was like, I don't think we're in the right place. Man. <laughs> this is back, we had MapQuest printed directions. My dad had a flip phone. I had a flip phone. And I'm like, uh, I was <laughs> like, like, hey, like, hey, wake up. Are we in the right place? I was Can like, you double check me? <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't think this is where it's at. And we drove straight through this little neighborhood. It opened up this beautiful green field. And this great, big old building, a brand new. Uh, it's like a community center type deal. Right. Walked in there, checked me in. There's the mats. Here's the here's the here's the scale. Here's the time you're gonna be out. I'm like, well, okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds that sounds more well run than the tournaments I've been to recently.
1: Oh, they're garbage, man. It is. I mean, <laughs> Jujitsu guys. Fighters and wrestlers are not businessmen. No. If you're going to run a tournament, this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the secret to life right here: to run a tournament. You need to hire a secretary, an accountant, and a businessman. Yeah. Let them take care of the logistical yeah. stuff because fighters are fighters and jujitsu are the worst. Logisticians and accountants in human history. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> like, dude, like, you need to find find one of your students. That, I mean, our students are made up from regular people in the community. Yep. Hey, man, aren't you an accountant? Yeah. All right, you're gonna do the books this weekend. <laughs> yeah. If, I'll give you a free if – you're, if you're a black belt, I'll give you a free private for it. Bro. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. <laughs> like, I've never been at a Jiu-Jitsu tournament that's not, like, just pulling teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure ADCC is much better. I've never been to a real big tournament. The biggest ones I've been at have been, like, NAGA, you know, championship stuff. But it, it's still, oh, yeah, we're supposed to start at 10. And, then, you know, at 1,500 in the afternoon, you're still waiting. You're like, dude, this is never going to happen.
0: Yeah, you're just you're just sitting there on your like third bag of like snacks to try and make your make it make it to the to your turn. It got bad
1: your, enough. The last turn around, did I had my regular gym bag, mouthpiece, all that stuff, sleeping bag, and a pillow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like
0: a good. That's a great
1: idea. It's <laughs> <was> like, dude. <laughs> I mean, wait, did you? You're, you're going to end up sleeping on the bleachers. Yeah. Did you wake up
0: from your nap and beat the crap out of someone? No.
1: Nah. Actually, that term ironically, was the one that ran on time. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the sleeping bag never came unrolled. <laughs> I was like, as so we got there, it was like some check-ins at 9, rules meetings at 9.30, and I was like, so I showed up at, like, 8.45. Hmm, here is your. I can't remember how they might have been doing stamps or wristbands, however they did it. And uh, so I had my table. Yep. And uh, they had a printer in the corner and they're printing off all the brackets. Yep, uh, Henry Fowler. I forget who the other guy. Is. Yep, are y'all here? Yeah. All right, we'll just sit in that bull bullpen there. We'll be with you in a minute.
0: <laughs> that this was actually that, that's,
1: pleasantly surprised.
0: <laughs> that that is a pleasant surprise. It, I
1: mean, it was awesome. It was. I don't even think they exist anymore. Ever. Uh, U.S. grappling is who did it. Um, not. Naga is such a broad spectrum. Like you don't know what you're getting. Like I've had one where we were six hours behind. I had one that was running like clockwork. Yeah. Um. We had one that went into the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a goat roping to start with. Um, oh, man. They're getting better. Uh, that's the other thing that's kind of the cultural shift in the in the jiu-jitsu world. There used to be kind of one set of rules. And now you can kind of like – you got the IBJJF rules, you got the ADCC rules, you got the, you got EBI rules, and you got some kind of, you got happy mediums between all of them. So,
0: yeah, it's like you need to study your rule set. You can't just compete in any one of them.
1: Yeah, I agree with that to a point. You should, you should train, I mean, it's going to sound arrogant. You should train to win. Yeah. And if you win, regardless of what rule set you're in, you pretty much won.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, 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 the, that's the best case. <laughs> I mean, if you do You don't want to do anything illegal, though.
1: Nah, no, I mean, it's actually... I mean, I, there's a lot more rules. Spoiling the ghee, yeah, you can you can get dq for some stupid shit. Uh, I remember one year they trying to say Barambolo was a reverse knee reap. <laughs> and it was like five black belts got disqualified.
0: <laughs> that seems ridiculous.
1: I mean, it was ridiculous. It was just... <laughs> If your legs are that weak, you wouldn't be able to walk. Like yeah, I mean, your tendons are not just gonna Oh I mean, it's gonna I mean it's gonna like like people say, like, Oh man, if you just touch my heel it'll break and I was like, No, you like, a heel hook is still actually kinda challenging to finish. Yeah. It's not to end all be all. Yeah, you've got you've got a
0: pretty <laughs> decent amount of space before things start breaking.
1: Well, I mean, the guy's also resisting you. Yeah. He's trying to turn his foot the other way or he's straightening yeah. his leg out like I love. It. Oh, his leg just broke. No, it got broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen. By accident. <laughs> it's like you know, or it was compromised before you went in, and that's on you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you should know your own body and tap accordingly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, if you're gonna start out grappling, one, you got to step through the door. <laughs> you yeah. have to show up. Yeah. Um. I would recommend if you're if if you're still in public school, you need to, rest. I mean, you should wrestle. Yeah. It's free to public school. You'll learn something. You're getting really, if nothing else, you'll get in good shape. If you're older, uh, one, you should sit down, and be honest with yourself. What, what am I doing Jiu Jitsu for? Uh, if you're trying to compete, you got to, if you're already older, you got a long road ahead of you. Um, that's. What do, that's, what do
0: you consider to be like the the break point to where you're like you're in this are you older kind of bracket it's,
1: uh, you should look at your peers I mean if you're six like I I mean if you're sixteen like you she got time if you're twenty nine and you're wanting to compete you don't have time yeah simple as that um, you should also know your body like if you, if you got just injury after injury after injury you, you need to be careful by how you train. That is one, that's another huge thing that's changed over the years. Um, Nobody that's competing is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Do it. I can't make blanket terms because there's going to be one or two of you out there that aren't. Most of you are on steroids. (laughs) I mean, um, whether you want to admit it or not. And if you're not on steroids. You're on TRT. (laughs) sterile yeah (laughs) oh yeah i got low testosterone i'm 21 (laughs) that's kind of funny when i tested you you had like eight times the normal amount (laughs) last i checked low you should be below the normal anyway that's the most ridiculous game it's not illegal i mean it's not it's well within your real set just be honest i mean that's for me personally that's my ass like just say it Mm -hmm. i mean you're gonna look so much better it's like the that's why nobody hates bodybuilders. Yeah, they're all honest. Of yeah. course, they're on steroids. <laughs> yeah, you think my biceps would have biceps? If I here. <laughs> do I blame them? No, it's in the rule set. There's there is no. I mean, you look at I think it's IBJJF tested all the gold medals and like all of them popped out. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, dude. Yeah. Um, and if the- you're and if you're older, dude, steroids help? They help you recovery. You 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 know they help you build muscle. All this other stuff. I should say I would say if you're gonna do it, be smart about it. Yeah. Um, The other thing is everybody's on a program. They're not just grappling. Back in the day, like I remember, Marcelo gave a uh, gave a speech one time. They asked, "This is when he still compete." I think it might have been two thousand and six, seven. They were at his gym. I think it. I think he was still training in Brazil. But he'd tra- he'd like travel, he'd train at various places. That's where you get all his videos of him like rolling like Andre Arlovsky and all these other people. Before he had his gym in New York, um, they asked him how he trained. He said, I roll. Well, if you're getting ready for a bigger person, I roll bigger people. And I'm paraphrasing of course. Yeah. But the gist was if he wanted conditioning, he rolled faster for longer. If he wanted strength, he rolled bigger people and stay on the bottom. I hate to say it, that ain't going to cut it anymore. You got guys like Gordon Ryan wakes up, does a drilling session with light rolling, I believe, lifting. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Hard cardio, back in the gym rolling. Lifting, every little bit helps. Good nutrition helps. Back then, they were eating what they were wanting to smoking weed and rolling for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you don't have fun, I mean, that sounds like a great time. They're they're lifting. They got cardio. They got trainers. They got nutritionists. Some of them got personal chefs. <laughs> yeah. They get that. That honestly, the fitness aspect of it has changed. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at them now. They look like athletes. They don't look like some Joe Blow walking down the street. They look like an athlete. Yeah. That's what they are. They're a jiu-jitsu athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, MMA went through the same thing. You remember back like Tank Abbott days, you do a big beer gut knocking people out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when's the last time you saw a fat guy in the UFC? When's the last time you saw like any kind of professional, what well, we call professional, they're all still broke, um, jiu-jitsu tournament where the guys are not you know, six-packed out, fast, strong, never get tired? yeah I mean, it's, it's everybody <laughs> yeah. and
0: and like and like the ones that aren't are are memed about on reddit yeah. like cuz like oh look there's there's he's moving pretty good for a fat guy yeah when like, was the last time
1: you saw an average joe win
0: it doesn't really happen
1: not anymore not 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 at
0: national level
1: or elite level is going to be and that's and that—that's another big change. Even at the smaller levels, even at regular gyms, you got—you got classes that are just dedicated to lifting or cardio.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's uh there, you got hard drilling classes that actually differentiate.
0: Yeah, even even like nowadays, like for myself personally, I'm like, I can't keep up if I don't actually address my physical attributes, and yeah. I didn't, and and like, it's become more and more important over time. Oh yeah and that's and that's just that's just for like local tournaments even like you see you see people at local tournaments they're just they're roided out like i remember my first my first tournament uh was just i looked at my bracket cuz i i was like i'm going to go for 200 cuz i don't i was like really overweight at the time i went yeah. two, 260 to 200 in like a year and a half or something yeah. and i was like okay we'll go, we'll do 200 and then i look across the mats and there's like Treaded. oh my god like yeah. he cut weight, he 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 did a water cut for this local mm-hmm. tournament, and I was you just see like that more and more, yeah. And I'm just like that guy is at least 225 and he's six foot, yeah, and he's really muscular. And then the other two people were were the same way.
1: Well, I mean mean, no, don't get me wrong. Just just being in good shape ain't going to cut it. If you're not, if you don't have the technique, you need to be in the gym working on your technique. However. If you have really good technique, and you find you're not doing good. Oftentimes, it's the physical fitness aspect, because you can't just work somebody to death. I mean, you, I mean, you can get somebody really. I mean, fatigue makes a quitter out of everybody. Yeah. You can get somebody really tired, and you catch them with something that you wouldn't normally catch them with. Yeah, simple as that. Um, but yeah, I mean that like this isn't
0: like all like doom and gloom. Like you'll be able to do local tournaments if mm-hmm. you want to, and. If you put in like a moderate amount of effort into your fitness, and you put in a decent amount of effort into your techniques, you can still do pretty good. You could know, do pretty good, but uh, it's you have to make the right goals for what your situation is. Be,
1: be realistic with yourself. If you don't go have fun, just go have fun. Yeah, and we got plenty of guys, Jim, that are still really good. The only—I th- mean, I was that way for years. The only thing I did was grapple. I mean, it's probably been in the last five or six years I've done something outside of grappling. Well, I always ran. I will say that. I always always ran. Um, But, like, actually lifting or really running for cardio the last five years. Before that, on top of that, I lived at the gym all the time. So I was training seven, eight hours a day. Um but, I mean, you'd have the morning class, the noon class, and the night class, and those two night classes, so, and they're all about an hour. So you got just five right there. But If you really want to maximize your time, like if you work, obviously roll. But, you know, after class, go for a run. Or, you know, go live for 20, 30 minutes. It'll help. Yeah, help tw- 20,
0: 20, 30 minutes is enough to get a lot done. It's a huge difference between zero and 20, 30 minutes.
1: Well, COVID taught us all that. I mean, you saw the people that were not in shape. COVID really affected them. Um, so just physical fitness will help your life in general. But, I mean, also what COVID taught us is you don't need a giant gym to work out. No, you don't. You need a flat spot, maybe a mat. And Honestly, if you want to just run, the only thing you need is tennis shoes, socks, underwear, and a shirt. <laughs> You should probably wear shorts too. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you need you need. I mean, that's what you need. Uh, kettlebell is a great thing. Yeah. Go buy a kettlebell. I think they sell them one Walmart now. Only fifty bucks. Go buy one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have that, my neighbor had a. It's a dude that's never never done a lot, but has been inhumanly strong his whole life. The only workout he did for years. He used to get by it. He cut a a twelve inch piece of railroad. <laughs> Come to find out per foot railroad is seventy five pounds. God damn. That's I what he worked know. out with. Huh. Went to a scrap yard, got it for like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so go find another guy. I can't I think Pat his last name may be Mac Mac. Prior Green Beret got a bunch of videos on YouTube. He works out with a cinder block. Yeah. Shredded. He's yeah. like fifty. yeah you know, you don't you don't need to go. And if you want to go to the gym to get instruction, yeah, you gotta to go to a big gym, get with a trainer, stuff like that. And that that's one of the big. That's probably if not, if not the biggest one of the biggest changes I've seen in the community. Everybody, everybody works out. Yep. Some form or fashion. Uh, you see that big Kevin? Kevin's mm-hmm. he was a power lift when he came to us. He lost weight. That's one of the reasons Kevin's accelerated the way he has. He was already in shape, yeah, wickedly strong, kind of, you know, good yeah. decent mobility. Um, but jiu-jitsu, I mean, I believe it's for everybody, as long as you're not, I mean, as long as you're not paralyzed or anything. I mean, yeah, you just
0: set appropriate goals, like yeah. like setting appropriate goals for yourself. Like it's it's something you should learn outside of jiu-jitsu too. But like. It matters It matters a lot when it's, like, an, an ego-driven kind of combat sport to, like, kind of, like, change the way you think about I think,
1: it. I think the younger you can get kids involved with it, the better. Um, it teaches them, teaches them how to set goals. Yeah. <laughs> they figure out, oh, man, I can't. I thought I was going to be tapping that dude in the ear. Not even close. Yeah. So uh teaches humbleness. um you just got to be honest with yourself. Um, that's really all I got for how it's changed and everything. Um
0: Do you think it's gotten softer? Because when you introduce, like, a very large population, like, you end up, like, most people are soft. That's
1: a hard. Are there more soft people? Yes, but there's more hard people.
0: Yeah, it's like. It's it's
1: balanced out. I don't think it's gotten softer. Has it changed? Yes, but. There's a reason we do everything in percentages. Yeah. Are there, let's say there's f- 10 people in a room. There's one hard guy and three soft guys. So it's 10% versus 33%, give or take. Well, that same percentage in a group of 10,000 people, now <laughs> you got 1,000. I mean. Yeah.
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: I will say that. The hard guys we have now, and you kind of start seeing this in all combat sports. <laughs> Carrie's gonna laugh at me say that's but
0: <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure. Mental you're
1: mental about. toughness is a huge thing with me. Yeah. I will say mentally they're softer now. Really? They're more lethal, they're faster, they're stronger. If you take all that away and it was just a toughness battle. The guys from 10, 15 years ago, smoke them. Interesting. Technically sound, the guys today will obliterate most of them from past. And we've seen – I bring up the UFC a lot because that's, I mean, that's where Jiu-Jitsu in America got famous. Yeah. How many UFC champions, barring Habib, Justin Gaethje, and Dustin Poirier, and a few others, I probably forgot to mention, would fight five times in a night. (laughs) None of them. By the way, without gloves, and no time limits. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, guys willing to do that and get paid 10 grand. Now you can't get somebody to fight for 150 million. (laughs) So, I mean, if you you really wanna be, if you don't wanna talk about mental toughness, like, that's the difference. Has it gotten softer? Probably not. Has the style changed? Of course. Yeah. Just like any combat, any, any kind of combat ever. Warships, infantry, airplanes, it's all changed because it, it had to evolve with what the techniques and tactics that are being used. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So what else you got for me?
0: <laughs> all right. So you, you started training as a teenager. I did mm-hmm. not start training as a teenager. I'm curious what that was like as a teenager
1: cuz you started at 14, 14 14 or yeah 14 14 and a half 15 um the difference between me and a lot of teenagers is i didn't i wasn't training with teenagers
0: oh you weren't
1: i was training with men there was no kids class oh interesting i, didn't I mean know that. well there was but it was like a crowd of guy kids class there was no kids jiu jitsu at the pure jiu jitsu class at the gym i started training at same head coach but uh, I actually can thank my mom for this. She said, like, He don't need to be in there with little kids.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> so um, I was rolling, I was a out of shape, fat, kind of nerdy kid. And I was in there with grown men that had collegiate wrestling backgrounds, kickboxers, blue belts, purple belts, and jiu jitsu. I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> Um, it was one of the most. I mean, I'm really appreciative now. I think about how many times like I just got smashed. I mean, like, I mean, I was fat, but I wasn't strong. Yeah. I wasn't particularly fast. I appreciate it now. I enjoyed it while I was going through. I mean, I was stupid. I mean, yeah, let's go, go out again. <laughs> Bam, <laughs> it's like, you know. Um, mental toughness everybody (laughs) it's what it'll get get you I mean it's just true Darwinism it'll get you killed or make you better there's no real middle ground (laughs) I mean uh, but what that will teach is um, that's the reason my technique's falling off from what it used to be but like it'll make your technique good cause 225 pound man ain't gonna tap to a kid yeah you have to tap him it has to be exactly right
0: so uh I know of at least one person that came back. Uh, I'm going to say his name, Kirk. Did you ever? Did you ever manage to get him when you were a teenager, or was yeah. he just? Ah, I'm going I'm to have a conversation with Kirk about it. ask him. <laughs> yeah, that's I cool. will
1: say Kirk won a lot more than I did. Yeah, um, but uh,
0: was well, how big was he back then?
1: Part of it's like part of it was me being small, but that dude was that dude was huge. I want to say, Kirk, don't kill me for saying this. I want to say uh, he had to have been 250 pounds when he first came. And he was not a fat 250. Because Kirk actually leaned out, lost muscle mass when he started training. Interesting. Because I want to say his last fight was at 205, and he had to cut for it. So he's probably 220.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, but uh, it, Kirk was inhuman. The one that was worse than him was uh, – a i will say his name, uh, Doc Reno. Okay, yep. Doc Reno and Doc Reno to this day is still a savage. Doc Reno was a savage back then. <laughs> um, a bunch of other people I trained with, uh, some of them could wrestle, some of them couldn't, some of them were just tough. Trained with a lot of cops. Yeah. And they train like they're fighting because they're training. They're training to not die. Yeah. Um, hats off to the police officers and first responders. Um, but it it made me better. It really did. It made you as a smaller person, weaker person. You had to do everything right, or you were gonna have instant repercussions. No, I don't need that hook. Now you on your back. You're like, yeah, I need that hook. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, I got the arm lock. Got that arm lock. Got that arm lock. And they just stand up. God, I feel like
0: that. <laughs> I feel like that's part of the reason why people need to get in shape now is because there's just so much repercussions for not being in shape, and there didn't used to be because there used to be more room for skill gaps. But like everything's hey, just everybody's kind of, so good now. <laughs> just, I mean, everybody's better.
1: I mean, you get. I'm gonna catch a lot of flack for those two. You take today's. Well, I'm not gonna say blue belts. There's some that are. There's some that definitely could. If you take today's like purple belts. Short of a handful, mainly the ADCC guys, they would smoke a lot of the black belts from 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me, though.
1: The game has evolved that much. Um, and I'm not talking about like, outpointing them. I think a lot of them will get submitted. Just, I mean, they're doing stuff they've never seen before. Yeah. Um. Yeah, training as a teenager, I'm, I, that was honestly probably the best times I had in my life training because I would literally get off of school North Carolina had what's called after nines and your limited provisional. So your limited provisional was you couldn't drive after nine o'clock at night and your after nines were, that's what we call it. That's your full provisional. You could drive at night. Yeah. So, um, great system, by the way, it kept a lot of people out of trouble. So I'll get off of, get out of school at three o'clock. I would, I would be walking through the door of my house at about 3.20, 3.30. I was about two miles down the road, but you had that traffic jam, getting out of school. Grab something to eat, use something small. I'd have two, uh, they used to sell them at a, they used to sell them at gas station. The big Aquafina balls used to have his big mouth on them. Mm-hmm. I'd have two of them, in the, two of them in the freezer that I'd throw in there that morning. They wouldn't be frozen all the way solid. They'd have a wall about that thick, so you'd crack them on the edge of the table. <laughs> I'd throw them in the, I had a Jeep at the time. Still got that Jeep. <laughs> throw them in the passenger seat with all my stuff. Change, i either change at the house, which I usually did most of the time, haul ass to the gym. Um, class started at 1,800 every night. So I would get there early, kick the bag. I uh, usually kick the bag. I'd be there about 4.30, Four thirty, five o'clock. Kick the bag and do, hit the bag of, hit the bag for a while, start class. When I first started training, it was jiu-jitsu, or kickboxing, then jiu-jitsu. Do kickboxing, loved it, still love kickboxing. When I got five minutes to swap out, needed jiu-jitsu, I would walk out of the door of the gym at 8.15. Usually, if I timed it just right, got all the lights done, I'll be walking through the door of my house at about 8.55. <laughs> <laughs> did it for years. I mean, I did it. I, and uh, during the summers, uh, we had a 7 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. I can't remember, 8 a.m. class maybe. Early morning, call it that. Get up, go train. Come back to the house, grab something quick to eat, get back to the gym at lunchtime. Get back to the house, get something. To we didn't have a microwave at the gym. Um, we had a mini fridge, but that was for the head coach. Uh, come back, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Go back to the gym. Train from eighteen hundred to twenty hundred at night.
0: Yeah, that seems like something you can only do as a teenager.
1: I loved it. I did it. I did it for as long as I could. I did it well into my twenties. Uh, with my job, working a lot of nights and stuff, I could do it. I, I loved it. I trained all the time. Everything I did was about jiu-jitsu or kickboxing or fighting. Everything was about it. My money, I spent it on geese. (laughs) I spent it on rash guards. Uh, A lot of times I trained in hoodie and sweatpants. Um, Mouthpieces, just your normal stuff. Uh, Fortunately, I've only ever had two serious injuries. One was uh, both of them are meniscus tears in both knees. They were about five years apart. That was... That was the best time of my life, yeah. hands down. That was from about when I was – the initial three years learning how not to get killed were rough, but they were fun. That three years after that where you really – I really started getting it. I could do my own thing, you know, because I, I I never got taught North-South to so it. I figured it out I watched a little bit of Marcelo Garcia's stuff, kind of figured it out. Uh, there's actually an old, I think it's still on YouTube, there's an old instructional Jeff Monson did. And he, I learned a little bit from it. Um, butterfly guard, I learned that from the head coach. And uh, triangles is what I did for years. I did, I did a lot of triangles. but Once I figured that out, I could start doing my own thing, developing my own style. Because really your, your coach is teaching you what works for him. And you're gonna make it your own. Only one person ever rolls like Marcelo Garcia. And that's Marcelo. Only one. There's only one Gordon Ryan. Yeah. Um. And you, but you can see where they kind of got their stuff from their head coaches. So, uh, as a teenager, it's great, uh, especially then because your mind's really malleable. You can really learn fast. You're still at that point, like a little kid. Even if they're fat, they don't get tired. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Like they got a little furnace down there, and that's the time where you could really get in shape fast.
0: Yeah, that's 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 where, like even even in doctors' offices, they're like teenagers. That's when you start elite sports. So mm-hmm. that's when that's when you're you're all primed for it, right? Physically yeah. and mentally. And you're still
1: growing. I mean, you, I mean, I know medical field has their own deafness. I really don't think you stop growing until you're about twenty five. Cause I like I got tailored. I get I have to wear a certain uniform at work, and we get tailored every so often. My shoulders are still getting bigger. <laughs> and well, your shoulders, so the- shoulder, shoulders don't grow. Like that's oh, that's oh, bone. Okay. Oh, okay. Because uh, yeah. I uh, I have my measurements from when I was seventeen and a half all the way until now.
0: Oh, I didn't know that
1: they um, measured it that way. Um, and you do get stronger. Man, strength is a thing. You don't have it when you're teen I don't care how much you can lift. I don't care, farm boy. I don't. I don't. There is a certain kind of strength that a man has that a child does not. And I experienced that because I had like big old fat, bell beer belly fat guys. They would just all you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and like a. Like there, there, there is such things as mastering. You, you have to. You have to learn how to overcome that. Start learning how to misdirect and stuff like that. And that. That's how you learn that. Being the smaller guy, or not really the smaller guy, the weaker, less athletic person. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how many, how many fat guys, can move for about two minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> about two minutes. <laughs> and that two minutes is hell. <laughs> like, uh, they're still pretty dangerous after that. So you, you have you have to take that for what it is. Um, but I, mean, I loved it. Yeah. Especially coming up especially like the gym we had, we had a really tight culture. We had everybody knew everybody. We were at each other's houses and stuff. I mean, it, it it was a lot of fun. Um, and we're still like that. We still, you know, we have a big crowd goes to the amateur fights. That is what and it truly is a jiu-jitsu community. That's something that's also changed. You don't have the gym wars anymore. Not near like they used to be.
0: Yeah, it used to be really brutal from what I what I've been told.
1: Oh yeah, you better not let them catch you going into somebody else's gym.
0: Yeah, it was. It's like, it was
2: like, <laughs> like.
1: It's, it's not like that now. In most places, there's yeah. still there's still some isolated communities that are like that. Again, that's delaying the evolution of the sport. You're not getting that crossbreeding. You're not getting the meeting of the minds. And in every other culture, I shouldn't say culture. Every other system, they've learned this. There's a reason the military branches all come together. It used to be the Navy did their thing, the Army did theirs, the Air Force did theirs, Coast Guard did theirs. There's a reason as a chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, hmm. there's a reason they all intermingle. There's a reason that airmen can go to Army school. You need that to be a better, and that's what we are in combat sports, you're warriors. To be a better warrior, you have to have an open mind and be willing to cross-drain. If you're a really good jiu-jitsu guy, you've got to be willing to learn how to wrestle. If you're a really good wrestler, you better be willing to learn how to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And uh, we're starting to see that. You're really seeing it in MMA, and you're seeing it in jujitsu. jitsu like, One of the biggest things, like these guys had to learn how to get in shape. Yeah. Oh, well, they can grapple for an hour until they can't. <laughs> now you got guys that don't get tired and strong as hell. Yeah. Because they went with the power lifters, they went with the, the professional athletes. If you think about like a lot of other sports, there's there are still skills to it, but a lot of it's who can run faster, who can mm-hmm. jump higher, who can lift yeah. more. So we had to learn all that to add to jujitsu. And that's what that's what the people coming up now are understanding way more than any of the older guys did. I mean it's yeah. not even a comparison.
0: It's it's crazy, You look friends. at
1: the kids' class, look at the circuits <sighs> oh, they got. They're running. God. They're running circuits as a warm up. Circuits as a
0: warm up. they when when uh, when the coaches aren't aren't looking or aren't uh aren't ready for them and they show up early they're doing handstands and headstands against the wall yeah like we used to ha- we used to have them doing front handsprings
1: yeah they were doing that the other night yeah it's um, it's crazy and, like, they, and they're they're sh- that's iron that's a true example of iron sharpening iron because they're checking each other mm-hmm. hey man you didn't finish you need to finish yeah, yeah so that's that's a that is where you truly get a, a better a more skilled, I don't, I don't want to use the word lethal because we're not killing anybody, but like in the military, they would call it a lethal force. That's when you truly get it. When it, people yeah. are checking each other, Yeah. hey man, you're not up to stuff. You need to train harder. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's what we're getting now. Yeah. Because you know, they don't, you look at like the Dan Hurd Death Squad, B team, they don't keep weak people around. Nope. <laughs> Unless they're in like the regular class or the average age. At these elite teams, those people pay the bills. Yep, they ain't the ones training. Craig and all them—they have their own little class that they do.
0: <laughs> I mean, they—they they even made a, a video about
1: it. Oh yeah, well, I man, if you didn't know that, you ain't really been paying yeah. attention. That's how all. All
0: right, so we uh, we're back. We had a camera overheat because <laughs> it's a little hot in here, and you know the the Sony cameras—they yeah, they overheat. So so we're back. Um, so we were just transitioning over. We talked about how when you're a teenager, that's kind of a really good time to get into becoming elite at any sport, but it it also applies to jujitsu. So now I want to talk about how things kind of change when you become an adult. So you're you're starting to get into your early mid twenties and and beyond. Like let's just talk about it in general
1: terms. Um you way stronger because your man strength's setting in. Uh, generally, your lifestyle's changing. you probably starting to get more big boy jobs, maybe education, probably more serious relationships. So that'll detract from your jiu jitsu training, probably better your life. Um, just physical attributes. You're going to get bigger, you're going to get stronger, you're going to get heavier. So. The stuff that would work, and you're not as flexible. The stuff that would work when you're a little kid, or even a teenager, is not going to work quite as good. So you're going to have to change your game, and you're going to be able to do you'll, you'll be able to do things that you couldn't do when you're a teenager. Like when I was a teenager, I could put as much side control pressure as I wanted to on just about anybody, and they would pop me off. Mm-hmm. Not even thing. Now I'm a heavy side control guy. Um. Partially the fact I'm out of shape and i got bad knees. But that also came from being an adult, having man strength. And also it did come from years of training and knowing how to put weight down. The other thing, you'll be able to finish things that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to finish. You'll be able to break grips. You'll be able to kind of will things into happening versus having to make them happen, which can be a good or a bad thing. Uh, If you're just out there smashing people, Probably a bad thing. If you're focusing on doing things right, it can be a good thing. Because when you have to do them right for real, it's going to be right. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah. So like like when you, when you were a teenager and into your early 20s, you were able to do this quite intense training program. hmm <clears throat> How do you think people that are older can, like, they can't do that. What what do you think they can do to kind of help them continue to make progress, at least somewhat like
1: that? Um, getting in shape is going to help you the most. I mean, and I will say this. You can lift, run, jump, do whatever you want to do. Try to get in shape. Your diet's not where it needs to be. And I'm the worst at it, period, dot. I eat what I want. I love to cook, and I can cook really good, which is not the best thing. Um. Get with a get with a dietitian. Yeah. Learn how to eat, because uh, you, I notice that if I eat really good for just a day, my next day my training's better, yeah. and that's how you can squeeze every bit of blood out of that stone and get <laughs> and get what you need out of training. It'll help your recovery, it'll keep your injury. And that's really that's the injury management when you're older is different. Because a little kid they just spring back, teenager springs back. Even in your mid-20s, I mean, depending on how bad the injury is, you, you just bring it back pretty good. But, like, uh, I know guys that were rolling when they are 40. They got hurt one time and never saw them again. Yeah. And that's a thing. I mean, you can, and that can happen to anybody, but it's more likely to happen to somebody that's older. Um, But, I mean, we got a guy at the gym that's still training. He's been training for a long time. 20, 20 years but he started later in life and he's turning 60 in the next couple of years. Yeah. And he's, he's a, still, he, he he's is a, still a formidable opponent. He's very, he's very good. Yeah. Um. But, he stayed in shape. He eats mostly well. Um. He doesn't indulge. And when he shows up, he shows up to train. Yeah. That's not, he's, that's, ver-
0: he's very focused.
1: That's the other thing. You can't, uh, adults are going to have a life outside jiu-jitsu. You're not going to be doing the Craig Jones or even with the limited stuff I did when I was coming up. You're not going to be able to do that. So if you only got 90 minutes, hey, you gotta make that 90 minutes count. You can't be bullshitting. You can't be taking time between rounds. You got to go. Yeah,
0: do not sit out a round when you've only got 90 minutes.
1: Yeah. yeah. If you only got five rounds, you sit one out. Well, that's five. If you're with me, a round is five minutes. Period. Dot. If you sit out for five minutes, that's five minutes you've lost, which you'll never get back.
0: Yeah, and that's like twenty percent of your rolling time. Yeah,
1: if you sit out during the drilling session, you know that's, that's really never gonna get back. I mean, so you got to make it count. That's kind of like uh, David Goggins has something he always says. You know, you gotta stay hard. You know, nothing ever got done but being a bitch. You just don't be a bitch. <laughs> I mean, what he's really, what, David. David is saying that forthwith. But it, the thing you can take away from that is, is, all right, so I didn't want to get running today. You'll never get that back. Yeah. yeah. You'll – man, I, I dodged that dude because he smashed me last week. Well, you, you'll never get that back. Get in there, and if you want to get good at it, you'll get good at it. Yeah. It's up to you. Unless there's obviously physical attributes or life gets in the way, you know. I had to go away at work for a couple years, uh, where I couldn't train with the people I want to train with, so I had to make do with what I had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, The another thing, other than, like, like you're an adult. Bring your adult focus in, mm-hmm. you know. The other thing you could do is, you know, bring in your adult resources. Mm-hmm. You know, personal trainer, if, if you've got that kind of money. At, at the very least, you could definitely get a gym membership most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, dietitian, like you said. Uh, eating the right food. Like, there's you have to leverage what you have and yep. when you're older you can leverage a more developed mind and you can leverage a more developed bank account most yep. of the
1: time the right. other thing i'll help you that's what i love about the jiu-jitsu community you have no idea who you're rolling with i roll with doctors pilots special operations cops emts chiropractors see you might already have all these resources available yeah now don't ask them to do anything for free if they'll sit with each side and like, hey, my knee hurts all the time. What can I do? We'll just do this. Yeah, and do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, one of the person, one of the people that helped me out the most is a new person at the gym, and I got I had bad knees, and they showed me some mobility stuff. I started doing it. Kerry uh, mm-hmm. showed me how to lift. Yeah. So I mean, you you might you might actually have all this available to you if you're already a part of a gym. Um and you also got YouTube, just be careful with what you watch. Yeah. Have have a
0: skeptical eye, you know. Yeah. Kind of back it up, see if there's yeah. consensus.
1: If he's telling you to drink a mixture of rat poison and mercury, probably not good. <laughs> but hey man, if he's telling you to eat you know, eat more vegetables <laughs> Probably pretty sound advice. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, it definitely seems like utilizing the resources around you and being focused is kind of how you can make the most progress as fast as you can right so now let's let's transition into the leg locks part like i know we've i've had people commenting and sending messages like hey when are we gonna like go over how we're supposed to like introduce ourselves to leg entanglements because that's something that gives people a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. because it's it's got like the whole like stigmatized thing although that's much less than it used to be mm-hmm. um, people don't understand it so they're just very fearful of it and uh, you know like it's hard to just dive into it because you might not have the right gym culture you know how, how do you do it I, I'm curious for myself because I'm, I'm kind of in that boat right now I only have a very cursory knowledge of how to defend them and I haven't really learned how to do them
1: so with leg locks A good rule of thumb is that you you shouldn't start playing them until you're about a mid-level blue belt. By then, uh, you've developed, you should, 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 have developed enough of a wherewithal of how to pass a guard, how to apply pressure, and how to control, control someone to where you can probably roll them safely. Um... Leg locks are not good for a flow drill. They usually stop the flow. They're also not good for a flow drill because you're moving fast. Um, They're more of a controlled thing. I don't think there's truly a negative thing from learning more. How you apply that knowledge is where the negatives come in. If you're learning just to tap people, you're going to hurt somebody, and you're going to stunt your game. Uh, We had a guy at the old gym that he learned how to do one leg lock really early. He could not pass a guard. His transitions were not that smooth. But, man, he could leg lock anybody in the gym until he couldn't. (laughs) So I would say have have your toolbox ready. Like, all right, I can pass a guard, check. And how you judge that is not you can pass the – guy has been doing it for two weeks guard can you pass somebody at your level's guard if yes check can i hold somebody down big thing with me because again like i said I, I, i try to roll at least some of the time as if i'm being hit or i'm throwing punches if you can't hold somebody down you can't do that that goes into control same rules same caveats as rule one Alright, can I take somebody I've been training with for a while hold them now? Yep. Alright, check. Am I a spaz? Uh, this is a hard one for some people, because there's a lot of spazes that don't know they're Alright, well every time I roll, somebody has a bloody nose. Uh, you know, my elbows hurt from chinking off their forehead, and usually uh, people get pissed at me. <laughs> I'm probably a spaz. Yeah. <laughs> Then don't, that that's not a check. You can't do it. So if you can check those three boxes, you're probably safe enough and have the, the ac- academic jiu-jitsu nerd side of the game down well enough that you can train leg locks safely. You should pick your partners. There's only a handful of people I'll roll leg locks with. Now, I'll caveat that with this. If we're rolling and I've never met you and you try to leg lock me, I will leg lock you back. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but like here, uh, uh, Chase, we've rolled for years. We rolled leg locks with each other. Scott rolled leg locks with each other. I've never heard of either one of them with a leg lock. I fell on Chase one time. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> fucked up, I man. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, so um, as far as how to apply, it's like any other submission. Take the slack out and have the if you have so much of an ego that you're willing to break somebody's arm in a gym session, you probably shouldn't roll leg locks.
0: Probably shouldn't roll. <laughs>
1: and if you got <laughs> and if you don't if you don't have the part of the awareness thing I was talking about, is if you don't know you're caught, you're gonna get hurt. Yeah. So oh, I'm not gonna tap, I'm not gonna tap, I'm not gonna tap. Well in real life you you'd have no ACL right now. Mm-hmm. And you'd be limping. So uh, uh, that's where that comes from. Um, like I said before, most people use leg locks as a crutch, or used to use leg locks as a crutch. Gordon Ryan, I love his example for this reason, this reason alone. Gordon Ryan can submit 90% of the people of the world without doing one leg lock. It's usually the easiest avenue, and that's what he goes for. He submits a lot of people with arm triangles, a lot of them with rear nakeds, some of them with arm locks. I mean, uh, uh, Craig Jones can submit probably 90% of the people in the world without ever using leg locks. You have some people that defy that a little bit, like um, Ryan Hall gets picked on for being a leg locker. But I think if you look up his jiu-jitsu record, he's got like 300 wins by triangle. Yeah. So part of his game was he's a very sophisticated guard player. And if you're a, if you're not – I shouldn't say a simple guard player, but like a, a good example is Marcelo Garcia. He had X, single leg X, and butterfly. All relatively simple guards. You're trying to take a post away and sweep or split them and stand up, or post away and sweep. Ryan's not that guy. He's an inversion type player, so naturally he's already underneath people and, he, and the legs are available. Uh, Gordon switches gears a lot. He does shoulder, well, what we call shoulder pinch, sweep. It's been a butterfly sweep forever. <laughs> Marcelo was doing it in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. Um, very effective, works like a charm. But Gordon does break the mold a little bit. He's a he's a very simple, very effective guard player. He doesn't do any super crazy inversions. He's not bearing bolo. He's not doing. He really doesn't do that much heva He does a lot of setup guard. Does some close guard. But you're more com- the guys that are trying to reach the outer edges of the sport. Those are your leg lockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all right. I've I'm done. I've done arm locks. I'm a I'm blue in the face. I've done comores a lot. I've done a lot of chokes. done a lot of this, i done a lot of that. Let's try something new. Um, if you're smart about it, you can do damn near anything. If you're smart about it, you can play with fire and not get burned. Um, but leg locks, I, I think they get a bad rap for... Like the same people that hurt people with leg locks are usually the same people that hurt people with everything else. Yeah,
0: that makes sense.
1: Because the guys, the, the guys I can think of off the top of my head that hurt people with leg locks hurt people with other things too um but i i would recommend anybody at least learn them just to just to kind of have that in your back pocket because you'd be surprised and this is what gets a lot of people on two leg locks how many higher level dudes one will kind of flash tap like the oh he's got me a leg lock <laughs> I and mean, you really didn't apply anything you yeah. just scared them whereas that same guy if you put him in rear naked you almost have to put him out before he'll tap. Yeah. But he's as soon as you grab his leg up oh, shit tap. Um so that, you know, you get some of that. You'd be surprised how just trying new things and, and not just in the form of leg locks, but learn how to wrestle or maybe a guard pass you've never tried before. Or like like for me, when I started standing guard pass, I hurt my left knee. So I had to start passing right knee first. Now that's the only way I pass. So, you know, and leg locks do the same thing for you, so it'll open up new avenues. You'll start finding you can pass a lot of people's guard. You'll also find that you can sweep a lot of people you normally wouldn't sweep. Um, Using a lot of 50-50 type stuff. You're gonna end up in a lot of places you normally don't end up. You end up with people on your back because when you invert and you're grabbing his leg, your back is available. Um. You end up in a lot of weirder transitions. And you're going to end up in places that you have no idea what to do. Embrace it. That's the fun part about Jiu-Jitsu. Um, now the leg lock game has gotten really sophisticated. There's a YouTube there's video on damn near everything you need to know about it. Uh, Nicky Ryan, um, Gordon Ryan, Craig Jones, Ryan Hall. People don't people forget about him. Another one people forget about is Dean Lister. Um, I'm no jujitsu. I'm a jujitsu nerd. I'm not a jujitsu like historian. I will say the first person I ever saw win a legitimate tournament with leg locks was Dean Lister. Um, and I'm pretty sure I may be misquoting this. I'm pretty sure in one of Dana Herter's interviews, that's where he claims he got the inspiration from. So if you wanna if you wanna trace your trace the modern leg locking game back, it's probably gonna start somewhere around the late nineties with Dean Lister. Sambo guys had some stuff to do with it, although I will say that at least in my experience, it was always there in jiu-jitsu, the Sambo guys were just willing to play it. For reasons we've already stated. The negative stigma, people getting hurt. I will say that no white belt should be doing leg locks, period, dot. You, you don't even know how to do what you're doing anyways. You don't need something else. Mid-level blue belt, maybe even low purple belts when they should start. Which in the the formal jiu-jitsu world, that's kind of where they align, purple belts when you start doing some leg locks.
0: Yeah, it's, it's even reflected in most of the rule sets. Yep. So.
1: Yep. So, uh, and obviously straight is going to be more dangerous than crooked. Um, most people don't really know what crooked is, but, like, a lot of th- the knee reap thing is something I absolutely can't stand, and you saw it come from IBJJF.
0: Wait, you uh, let me interrupt. You said straight more dangerous than crooked? I thought crooked was I meant more I
1: crooked dangerous. more dangerous than okay, straight, excuse right. me. Um, people just don't know. Like, people don't know what crooked versus straight looks like. Crooked means you're twisting. And my and this is Henry's definition, not anybody else's. <laughs> you're twisting. All right. Straight means you're either pulling the foot straight over or you're doing a knee bar. So it's just an a arm lock on my leg. Anything that's not that is a crooked foot lock. The rule set does not reflect that. And partially because they didn't want people leg locking, so they try to make it as illegal as they could. There's one that really kind of falls out from both of those, and that's a uh, so old school people call it a compression. Some people call it a, a calf slicer. They're one and the same. You're just putting something in this gap, closing it, and trying to pop the joint out. That's what a compression or a slicer really is. It's just how you do it. One you do it with your hands. One you do it with your legs. The same goal is accomplished. Reaping the knee should not be illegal. It shouldn't. Um, like I said before, your, your stuff's not just gonna break. If you're holding somebody's foot and you're twisting it while you're re- reaping the knee, that's what we call leg lock. Yeah. That's it. That would be a crooked foot lock. Knee bar, in my experience, um, it took me a long time before I could really figure out how to finish knee bars because people's legs are really strong. Ankle lock, that's person to person. Um, my ankles go really quick. I've had mine blown out, I mean, really severely sprained with ankle, with straight ankle locks. I've seen some people that their ankle is so damn strong that they actually the shin snaps before the, the ankle goes. It's crazy. Uh, Hector Lombard did it to a kid in a tournament. Um. Heel hooks, it's people not knowing how to apply them and people not knowing when to tap. Uh, I will say this. A heel hook doesn't hurt. Even when you pop it, it really doesn't hurt that bad until about 20 minutes later. Whereas like an arm lock or even a knee bar like that shit is hurting way before it breaks. Whereas a heel hook, it'll, no shit, something pop.
0: So, so would you recommend that people stick to like straight ankles and knee bars, toe holds? What do you think about toe holds?
1: Honestly, I think you should like once you learn, like once you learn your solid foundation, I think you you should be enough, be trusted enough that you could do whatever you want to do. Uh, toe holds, um, it's really just going to break the foot, maybe break the ankle. Uh, me personally, there's. There's a couple ways to finish the toe hold. Uh, some people use it as a substitute for a, uh, like they'll have a heel hook here, and they'll actually push it through, and lo- it looks like it's a figure four lock, but it's on a heel hook. Hmm. So to me, that, that falls under what I said before. You're now twisting and not pushing it straight over. So that that toe holds the thing I like about them. They're everywhere. If I can put my pinky finger on your pinky toe, I have a toe hold. That's anywhere, right? Um, Bag? What I said for? Yeah, if you grab it and you just rip it, one, you're an asshole. Unless it's a real fight. Two, that would break any submission. Any submission? Yep. If I grab an arm lock, how does? Bam. Yeah, it's gonna break. Yeah. So I don't know where the. The smoke and mirrors and the mystique of leg locks. Part of it Maybe the your legs are longer than your arms, so you have a little bit longer lever. But I try to think. So in tournaments, I've popped somebody's ankle. I've had mine pop twice. I don't think I've really seen... I mean, the, the most famous televised ones is... Uh, Roman, I can't say it. Bahal, say Roman. I think it's how you say Romolo. Uh, how he says his name. I don't remember. He got his. Uh, he got. He got. That's because he wouldn't tap. So if he just tapped, it wouldn't have got broken. I was with a toehold. in a gee, by the way. Um, and Vinnie Migalash, when he when he competed against Craig Jones, same thing, wouldn't tap. Those are your examples. Uh, and an example of somebody going way too hard on him, Bruce Palharas.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say Paul Harris.
1: <laughs> he got kicked out of the UFC for it. But if you look, he almost he torqued Jake Shields' arm really bad in the MMA fight because even after Jake was tapped, he wouldn't let go. He'd have broken anything. And he's also five foot six or seven and two hundred and thirty pounds. A lot of torque, <laughs> so I mean, he's gonna that, that kind of a human being is gonna. I mean, let's face it, size does matter. And I can, I mean, take a 115 pound female and I'm gonna sound like an asshole, but like, even if she's a black belt, she's not gonna have the same amount of torque as a 225 pound man, it's just not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, yeah this is just physics, yeah,
1: simple physics. And I, y- you could let her torque on this, is a fictitious person, by the way. You, you can let her <laughs> torque on your foot much longer than you could that giant. Yeah. Because you got – I mean, he's going to – it's not even going to slow down for him or her. It's going to uh, – oh, no, no, no. Come yeah. on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come yeah. on. Pow! And where's that giant? Oh, yeah, I got it. Bam. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. it's much faster.
1: So, I mean, you got some of that. I don't really see a problem – if you do it correctly, I don't see a problem with leg locks. I really don't. You just have to – wreck. it's like any other tool. Like, would I do it in MMA? Probably not. Because you end up on bottom without a way to get up. By the way, if the guy's on top of it, he's going to be caving your face in. Yeah. Because he don't want you to break his foot. <laughs> jiu-jitsu, go for it. Yeah. It looks great for the crowd. You spin underneath. You do You do a really cool transition. Now the crowds are educated enough because it's usually a bunch of jiu-jitsu nerds watching it anyways. Nobody, no regular fan watches jiu It's all us watching it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> look out in the crowd. It's supposed to be cauliflower ears <laughs> and dudes walking like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean.
0: Man, just, it's just so funny. Anytime I show, like, a, I'm going to say normal person. We're mm-hmm. kind of normal. I don't know. You can yeah. tell <laughs> yeah, but like jujitsu. Yeah, Yeah, but, like, anytime I show someone who has no idea what jujitsu is, like, a match, like, 50-50, they start giggling. Like, that's yeah. what you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially with the twirly stuff. Like, <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, I love it. I mean, that, that's, that, that's Jiu-Jitsu. And it's, I mean, it, I won't say it's pure. Not it's most basic, but one of its, like, purest, coolest forms. You start to, you know, they're transitioning. He's upside down. He's in front Bam, he's got a heel hook. You, know, that's, you know, yeah, that's that's, cool. that's what that's what I'm watching for. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, Craig Jones, when he caught Tex, that was one of the cleanest. Helix I've ever seen. He just fell right into it. Bam, Tex tapped in and Texas Tex was smart. He tapped almost instantly. He knew Craig had it. Yeah. And Tex walked off to the mat and he was fine. <laughs> Vinny had a helical a spiral fracture down his tibia. Yeah. Uh how? pretty sure he broke his foot. I mean, he did a lot of damn that got a lot that was a lot of damage. I mean it was probably a lot more than just a broken foot, but If it hurts, you tap. If you think it's good, if you, I mean, this is for anybody starting jiu-jitsu. If it is uncomfortable, you're scared, because you're going to be scared, tap. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a I Hey, I can't stand that. Oh, I wasn't in a submission. All right, so your ribs broke when I went knee on belly. That's not a submission. You still should tap from it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm having a mild stroke, and I can't see out of my left eye. You should have tapped. Yeah, you, you tap. <laughs> oh, Joe, oh, what's wrong, bro? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So tap. I mean, learning how to tap is one of the things that will save you so much heartache. Yeah. yeah. Tap. I mean, you don't even have to tap. You don't have to tap and let go. Yeah. It's done.
0: Yeah, anytime. I I I talk to the kids about it. I talk to the beginners about it. I'm like, if if you um, if it's if it feels really late to you, you you verbalize it at the same time. Yep. Every time.
1: So I mean, actually two kids rolling. Me and Chase were rolling on one side of the mat. We were trying to watch the kids while we were rolling. It was one of the days that nobody showed up to the adult class and very few kids showed up. So me and Chase rolled. So we're rolling. And we're I can't even remember, like me and him both stopped mid roll because this kid's like, man, that hurts really bad. <laughs> look at like, I was like, if it hurts really bad, you should probably tap. <laughs> 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 like, oh yeah, you're right. He taps. I was, like, I was like, of course, the kid's like, that's the other thing about a little kid, they're made out of rubber. So his freaking his elbow is like out to here, and his arms all the way over. Him. I was like. Jesus! <laughs> of course, he's fine the next day. Oh, yeah, be all right, it's a little kid—they're freaking immortal. Yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> it's isn't indestructible. it? Indestructible. <laughs> um, yeah, that's—I mean—that yeah. Leg locks, man. Learning how to tap, training correctly, training—just like you'd do with anything else. You wouldn't go. I mean, even weight lift. Like you wouldn't go in. I'm gonna try to deadlift nine hundred pounds. All right, yeah. You're gonna blow you back out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, well,
0: would you would you say that uh, hmm. that just getting to the setup is good enough like yeah if you if you don't know you know what if you, if you like, don't know. like what should people be looking for if they're just getting started first month or two of even introducing themselves to leg entanglements
1: you can actually just use it you can use 50 50 guard just to sweep just use it to sweep um or like a good a great a great leg lock that Everybody probably should know is like if you got somebody on a plata and he connects his hands underneath, mm-hmm. just reach back, do a toe hold. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause you still got the on a plata. So that's a move you've done for years mm-hmm. at this point. And you can use a toe hold if you grab it, you can just roll over and sweep, and now you're on top. Yep. You didn't hurt anybody. It's not a particularly dangerous submission, but you're still applying a leg lock. If you know, don't be super fancy, same position. Unlatch your legs, slide your inside knee in, and go for the knee bar on the backside. If you want to add another iteration, when he bends his leg to get out of the knee bar, lock in, they call it ashi. It's inside heel hooks, always been inside heel hook. Lock in, again, You got a heel hook. So there's, just- there's your very basic intro of a position that you already know, which is omoplata, and a position that you've had to deal with, with people locking their hands. Now you can use a leg lock to further your game, where you couldn't do that before. You'd have to sweep, figure out how to break his hands, maybe take his back. If he's got on, try to choke. I mean, so I mean, there you go.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> just tack on the the simple fundamental leg locks to the positions that you're in frequently. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like like one one thing that I've I've been incorporating is like the you know the the toe hold, the cheat one, where it makes them have to get rid of their knee shield because. Yep.
1: Yeah, you know, so that's another easy one. Is, boop, a toe hold. If he straightens his leg out, let it go and he pass. Yep. Uh, or you can f- the same thing. You go toe hold, or you can fall back and go to a heel hook. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, I never understood the stigma behind them. I I, never, I I knew people got hurt, but it was the same people that were gonna get hurt because they didn't tap, or the same people that were gonna hurt people because they went too hard. Yeah. So what are you really saying? You're hurting everybody else because of you know a couple idiots. Yeah. If you're smart and you train with you train with people that are smart and roll like they have a little bit of sense, I'm not going to say you're not going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You need to make your peace with that right now. Yeah. But your chances of being injured are significantly reduced. Yeah. Don't roll leg locks with strangers. It's not going to go good. If you roll with somebody, now if you a tournament you're rolling strangers, different, but like the tournament's different. But... Go to another school. My policy, I put on myself when I go to schools to train if I'm traveling or something. Upper body submissions only, unless they try to do it to me. It makes sense. You'll never be in trouble. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh.
0: Yeah. Tack tack on your leg stuff to your existing game as much as you can.
1: And basic, and people that want to. I will say, if you're trying to compete, you just say you don't have leg locks. You're get smashed. It's just, just that simple. If you don't want to play leg locks, you should at least know enough to avoid them. Wrestlers learn this in about the first three classes. If they keep their head in front of them and their feet behind them, you cannot leg lock them. Yep. Example of this. I hate to keep up, keep bringing up uh, MMA fights, but this is a good example. Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mirror 1. Lesnar stood straight up. Frank inverted, caught an E bar. 90 seconds. Brock Lesnar, Frank Mirror 2. Brock took Frank down, kept his feet behind him, kept chest to chest, stayed heavy. TKO on the ground.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's that simple.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. You don't really see that in jiu-jitsu because the dynamic is they're obligated to grapple. They're stall calling or should be stall calling. Sometimes it don't happen. Um, another shout out to ADCC. ADCC refs are the best in the industry. Don't care what you say. Um, you're still obligated to grapple, so you're going to get more of the entanglements. You got they don't have to worry about getting hit. They have slicker entries. They're also, the athletes are just training to grapple not learn how to wrestle, not learn how to kickbox, not learn how to do all this other stuff. Don't have a cage. Um, so you, you'll see a lot more intricate leg entanglements that wouldn't work. I, would, I shouldn't say a real-world situation, but if somebody's punching you in the face, I, I mean, unless I know I can break it, I probably wouldn't do a leg lock. If you you know mythical situation, you get knocked down and he's in your guard. I'm not inverting for leg lock. I'm gonna sweep, or if I can get something, it's it's getting broken. Um, with that being said, I love leg locks. I mean, I'm actually in the tight circles I roll in. I'm actually kind of known as a leg lock guy. The reason I am is like I stated before. People quit offering their arms to me.
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> i mean it's just that simple yeah. i mean
1: I will, I will say in the if there was a, uh, a order of preference for learning jujitsu, and we're taking we're assuming you're already in shape because that's number one if you can't physically do it then all of these don't apply is your foundation good do you have a good base can you not be swept? Can you hold side control? Can you hold somebody's back? Can you stay in mount? Are you good controlling and like setting up arm locks? Can he not just rip his arm out? The structure. Next comes can you move? Can you transition without losing everything? Whoop the shit. You passed his guard. Now he's on your back. That's not a step up. <laughs> so can I transition from going, all right, I've broken his legs apart can I knee slice through can I get through without him being able to set up some form of offensive check all right if I get to somewhere can I finish from somewhere can I do I have at least two submissions from side control that I can do on either side and well enough to where if I get them established it's about a 75 to 80 percent of the time it's done Can I do it from side control? Can I do it from nail and belly? Can I do it from somebody's back? Can I do it from mount? Can I do it from bottom side? And if I can't do it from this position, am I good enough at getting to a position where I can? Check. This is gi or no gi. If it starts on the feet, can I get it to the ground? Can I sit down? Can I wrestle? Can I do a little bit of judo, okay? If I got a little foot sweep I can do. Check, all right. The last thing, leg locks. The reason I put the wrestling so far down is if it's a grappling match, it's a grappling match. It's going to get to the ground. Yeah. It may not be in your favor. And that's where rule one comes in. If I get taken down, do I have the foundation to recover from a bad position? Which goes into rule two, can I transition from a bad position to a good position? rule three, can I go to a finishing position from a good position? Rule four: Can I make a good position from nothing? Down to leg locks. Yeah,
0: makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> I really, I wish that people would do it in that order, um, and not not skip straight to uh, straight to leg locks. I feel like a lot of the times those people they're shooting themselves in the foot.
1: You it's a learning process. It's, it's no different than a learning process. I love math. I've always been good at math. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. <laughs> PEMDAS. Any math you do where it's more than one operation, PEMDAS is going to apply. Yeah. I remember kind of comparing jiu-jitsu to college, or school in general. Straight A's in math from the time I was started doing math. Calc 2, first day. What do you think they went over? PEMDAS. Wrote it in big letters on the board. <laughs> this is college-level calculus. We're supposed to already know that, but you still have to put it up there because people don't follow it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Man, Jiu- uh, <laughs> they, they, did, they did
0: that at my college calculus class, too.
1: <laughs> it's, the be- it's the best thing to learn. Jiu-jitsu is no different. Man, I can do a flying arm bar, but I can't tie up. Well, that don't mean anything. <laughs> you know, I mean... I'm great on top. I just can't get on top. Well, well, then, that's a problem. You yeah, got yeah. to get on top or yeah. get good on the bottom. Yeah. And you'll see that with the best in the world. Marcelo Garcia finished from side control and somebody's back probably 80% of the time. Yeah. He is, and I'm going to put this out there he is the best in history at getting to people's back and getting on top. His guard game was nothing more than a sweep game. That's true. Very, yeah. very rarely did he submit people from the bottom.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's why he was a 154-pounder. I think it was 154. I can't remember his exact weight. He's under 160 pounds. That placed bronze in the ADCC Absolute Division. He submitted – Rico, he submitted Zanjay. He submitted uh Victor Stamma, he submitted Holes Gracie. He beat or he did actually really good against uh Hodger Gracie in the Gee. He swept Hodger. Hmm. It's an example of somebody that all right, man, I'm going against people that are bigger than me and stronger. I've got to get gravity on my side. Mm-hmm. I've got to get on top. I gotta to get on his back to where everything on our anatomy is geared to go forward. That's why your legs face that way. That's why my eyes are together. I look that way. I cannot physically grab something of any kind of weight and pull it from here to here. I have to turn and face it. So get on people's back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: jiu-jitsu at its uh, most fundamental,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, and you look at anybody that's like that, Gordon has his finishing position. It's usually mount or somebody's back unless it's a leg lock.
0: Yeah, but none. Uh, so, but none of none of none of these people are missing anything from the PEMDAS.
1: Nope, they're not. They they know how to establish control. They know how to get good. At, contrary to what a lot of people think, there's a lot of pressure, and even the smallest Jiu-Jitsu player's game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure. They know how to get to where they need to be. They know how to finish. And that, if you learn that the sooner, the better. Yeah. Um, I mean I can't think of a time where I just like I mean I'm sure it's happened I can't think of some a time where I didn't set something up and it worked I really can't um, that's why there's no that's one of the nice things about grappling as a sport there's very few lucky I'm not going to say never because never is not really a, a good word for it but there's almost never a lucky triangle yeah. unless punches are involved.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I mean uh, – Because of
0: the belt level dropping thing.
1: <laughs> or you get halfway knocked out and it jumps on your back. Yeah. Um, But in just grappling, more so than kickboxing, I hate to throw him out there. One of my favorite kickboxers ever. Ernesto who's got TKO'd twice by somebody who has a losing record. Yeah. A gentleman by the name of Bob Sapp beat the best one of the best kickboxers in the world at the time, twice because he's bigger and stronger and caught him with a punch. Bob Sapp got tapped out by somebody of approximately the same size as Ernesto by the name of Minotaro Nogueira. Hats off to him, one of the greats because now he got damaged greatly in that fight. He established position, swept Bob, got on top, sunk an arm lock. Yeah. We've seen numerous examples of that. I can't, and I've probably, jiu-jitsu matches, I've probably watched more than 1,000. MMA fights, I've probably watched, I mean, no shit, 2,500. From all organizations, I mean, Pride, Elite X, some bunch of them ain't around anymore, Cage Rage, King of the Cage, UFC 1, all the way up to Current. There are thousands of lucky punches in MMA. There's thousands of lucky punches in boxing. There's thousands of lucky punches in kickboxing. I cannot name a single time in sport jiu-jitsu where somebody got lucky and submitted another person. I've seen people get tired. Yeah, but that's not I've seen not, people make a mistake. <laughs> I've seen people make a mistake and the guy capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody, you know, slip on a banana peel and <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, And that's and that's where if you follow your fundamentals, you follow if you want to call it a checklist, follow a checklist, you're good to go.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, that was uh, (laughs) I really I really liked uh, breaking it down at the end with like creating that that fundamental checklist. We called it PEMDAS because we like math. Yeah. But but yeah, like do do it at the end, you know, Um, and just make it be a part of your game.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Tack on your leg entanglements
1: don't don't change your game just to try to do leg locks just mix them in where they mix in Uh, like my game i did a lot of half guard still do a lot of half guard so a lot of my leg locks look a lot like a knee bar on the far side makes sense i do a lot of standing guard passing so a lot of mine are drop through heel hooks don't don't like completely change a game because it, then you're – if you want to do it just for the academic experience, do it, but then you're taking yourself out of your strong suits. So the years you spent developing a good butterfly guard, if you try to completely change it, well, those years are kind of wasted. I will say on pick a day, if you train five days a week like I did, I always picked one day where I was doing stuff that I never did. And if you're better than everybody in the class, let them start out in better positions. Let them start out side control. Let them start out on your back. Let them start out half guard. Let them, you know. And that's how you can truly learn. And but you still, you still, folks, you still have your bread and butter that you always have. Like I said before, most submissions, even at the highest level, are an arm lock, a triangle, and a rear naked.
0: Yeah. So I'd
1: like to see the percentages. I'm willing to bet those three.
0: I've looked at them recently. They're friggin' ridiculously high.
1: In a gi, yeah. Ezekiel, bow and arrow, cross collar. Yep. Your three fundamental gi chokes. The three, I, for me on for me specifically, the first three submissions I learned ever are still three that I use all the time arm bar, triangle, and on I use on a plot and arm lock religiously. I don't do as many triangles as like I used to. So try to try to develop your game around one stuff that works. Until you don't change, things, kind of like be yourself. Don't change who you are to try to be like somebody else. There's a reason Gordon Ryan's game works for Gordon Ryan. There's a reason Marcelo's game works for Marcelo. There's a reason like Eddie Bravo is a perfect example. I will never be able to do what Eddie Bravo does. I don't have the flexibility. I'll break. You'll hear a loud crack followed shortly by a high pitched scream. <laughs> Eddie beat some of the best in the world. Yeah, because he took something. He still had fundamentals. He could still pass guard. He still played regular guard. He's like, man, this regular guard stuff don't work for me. But if I bring my foot up here, it I can keep people down. Works. Yeah. Ryan Hall, same way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't make it too fancy. <laughs> yeah. build, build around what your core is. Like your fundamentals will be. Slightly different than other
1: people's fundamentals. I mean, like the wrestlers. Their stance doesn't look all that much different when they walk out than when they were wrestling in college. They've been there. They know exactly where they're at. They know exactly what they need to do. Same thing. um, This doesn't back to culture shifts. This doesn't like the 10th Planet guys don't hate on everybody else and people don't hate on 10th Planet like they used to. But you're starting to see guys like – I forget his name. If I hadn't thought about it, I could tell you. But, the dude had an excellent butterfly, I mean a killer butterfly guard. But he could play rubber guard, highly unusual. Excellent leg locker, but he smelled a lot of people from the top. So I mean, you know, you got, so allow the cross-pollinization and learn as much as you can. I mean, that's really, that's really your goal in life in general, is learn as much as you can. Uh, at least for me it is. I don't know about other people, but <laughs> I
0: think that depends on the person.
1: So I mean, yeah, if you're if you trying to be successful in jiu jitsu, it's what you need. And if you don't, and, and right now the plain simple truth is, if you do not have leg locks, you will not succeed in jiu jitsu. Period. Dot. Yeah. Look at all the best in the world.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're <laughs> going if you're going for competition, yeah, you have to have leg locks.
1: And if you're a gym that allows you to roll leg locks and you don't know them, you're just going to be religiously getting tapped. Uh, even and I will say this: even the guys that don't do no leg locks, no matter defend them. Keep throwing his name out there. My favorite, Marcella. Yeah, look at him and Roll Ryan Hall in his gym. Ryan Hall never leg locked him. He know he he could defend leg locks well enough that they were almost a non a non factor. Yeah. Um, look at uh, Gordon Ryan this last time around with uh, Nicky Rod. greasing aside do I think he was greasing I don't know I wasn't there have both of them encountered greasing before probably have both of them greased before 50-50 maybe they did maybe they didn't don't know Nikki learned how to defend uh, Nick uh Nicky Rod, learned how to defend leg locks a little bit, and it made it that much harder for Gordon. Yeah. Gordon was coming off some health problems. I'll give him that. But it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, And you'll find that when you first start doing leg locks, they're like a magic trick. You'll submit everybody in your gym for about three weeks. Then you won't. Yeah, it's funny how that works. It's funny how that works.
0: It's not just legs lock. It's just anything that's, like, new to the gym. It's almost like, uh, you know, you're introducing a, a new virus. It
1: makes your gym small. It makes your gym better because you're introducing another factor. That factor creates stress, which then creates evolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, how, I mean, that's how evolution works. Yep. If it didn't, we'd still be amoebas. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. something came in that made things change. or they would cease to exist the jiu jitsu I started with 15 years ago is not the same jiu jitsu it is now it's still there you can still see it in there but we weren't doing we weren't doing leg locks like they're doing them now one because you couldn't you get laughed out of the room two people are actually training leg locks and it's okay to train leg locks three people are in better shape and that's yeah. really the big part of three yeah um if you want and if you don't want to train leg locks it's fine that's it. i mean i i didn't train i personally i really didn't fully train leg locks till i've been doing jiu-jitsu for about six years that's when i started training truly Trent. did i know how to do them yes but was i applying them in roles no never i mean almost never in fact the only time, the first time I applied a leg lock for real, for tap was in a tournament.
0: <laughs> what, a, what a time to test it!
1: <laughs> no, I had him dead right. So this is one of the things like, man, this is going to happen this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that was that was really fun. A um, lot of good stuff here. Um, we bounced around a little bit. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, uh, generally speaking, stick to your fundamentals, add your leg locks in at the right time, you know, use, use your, uh, use your adult stuff, uh, your adult, your adult resources, common sense. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> adult, your adult men- mental, uh, <laughs> you know, mental development to like, kind of like navigate things at when you're training as an adult and navigating the leg locks as an adult, right? Just... Common sense. Anyway, uh, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. And, uh, you know, leave comments, um, and we will see you in the next video.
1: Yep. See you guys.